welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's podcast. I am excited that you've taken time out of your day to download the podcast and to listen to us. I know there's many Christian-type podcasts available that you have chosen us. I ask that you please pray for this ministry as I continue to try to put out a quality uh, podcast each week. Most of the listeners, honestly, uh, at one time were not even English and the first language. They were in a many other countries around the world. We gain more and more people from uh, the Western uh, world, the U.S., Canada, Europe, and so on. It's really grown on the last few months, uh, year now maybe. It's really done really well. And so I really need your, your prayers and your considerations on many things. If you would go to our webpage and check all that out, uh, there is a free ebook there available still for your downloading. I would encourage you to do that. It's an interesting read, and I do know the lady who wrote that personally. And so please uh, check that out. It is free. Today we're going to be in the book of Haggai. Uh, Haggai. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you please to open it up and follow along as we study this book. Uh, Haggai was given four messages from God uh, for the people who returned from captivity in Babylon. Before we get too far into that, I want to talk about uh, the message that he delivered, and we're going to have to understand the background, what led up to this, what the situation really is. So to get started, please open your Bibles to Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. The background to all of this really is the book of Ezra. And Ezra, the Bible says that King Cyrus, fulfilling the word of the Lord, sent out this proclamation uh, throughout his kingdom. He proclaimed that all the people were to return back to Jerusalem. They were to rebuild God's temple, and they were to begin to uh, do things uh, there in Jerusalem. Uh, this former temple was destroyed with the people uh, were overthrown at that time by Babylon, taken into captivity. And so this is a little bit of the background. So the people do return uh, 70 years after their captivity, just like the God had promised them or told them that would happen, that that generation that went into captivity had really dis disobeyed God. Jeremiah preached and preached and preached him them telling them that they needed to repent, uh, they needed to follow what God had said, and so on. And, of course, they laughed at Jeremiah and did what they wanted to do. These people, again, they've been in captivity for 70 years now. They've come to the end of this, and God is using a government official to fulfill his word in rebuilding the temple. Ezra chapter 1, verse 4 says, And any locality where survivors may now be living. The people are to provide them with silver and gold, with goods and livestock. 
with the free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. The Bible goes on to tell us in, in Ezra chapter 2, uh, verse 64, that 42,360 people would return under the king's opportunity to do God's work. Uh, the people were excited about this opportunity and how God was going to use them to rebuild the temple that once was destroyed uh, 70 years prior. But know that where God's work is going on, the devil also has his work going on. And so we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. So we're back, and like I was saying before the break, uh, God's work, good things are going on. Uh, the, the devil, he's, he's working just as hard. In Ezra chapter 4, we can read about some crafty people, really, who wanted nothing more but to slow down the, or stop the work of God's people. The Bible tells us that they joined up with forces and with those who were returning to Jerusalem, and offered to help them with the construction. Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 says, When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and the heads of their families and said, Let us help you build, because like you we seek your God, and have been sacrificing to him since the time of the king of Assyria who brought us here. So we need to keep in mind that not everyone who offers you help really uh, has you in mind. And not everyone who attends church on Sunday wants to see the congregation succeed either. These are adversaries that they, they start talking. And when, when the adversary begins talking you know something is about to happen. They uh, are convinced that this newly appointed king who then stops the work in his words until a decree is signed by me. So 16 years go by, and now the temple is still not completed. A new king was empowered by the name of Darius, D-A-R-I-U-S. And this king received a letter about those, the whole ordeal, and, and he ordered what he'd ordered to be done was the temple to be rebuilt. And during this time, uh, this king finds that the original order, uh, backing up again, King Cyrus. Now, notice this. Not only did he find the order to rebuild, but he also I found in, in Ezra chapter 6, verse 8, where the total cost of the temple's construction was to be paid out of the king's treasury. Now, imagine that. Ezra 6, verse 8 says, Moreover, I hereby decree what you are to do with these elders 
of the Jews in the construction of the house of God. Their expenses are to be paid fully out of the royal treasury from the revenues of the Euphrates so that the work will not stop. That's Ezra chapter 6 verse 8. And I was reading out the NIV there. Okay, so again, keep in mind in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1 says, The word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. So the people knew that Haggai had something special to share with them. And during this four-month period, Haggai shared four different messages concerning the temple and those who were rebuilding it. And so in, in today's podcast, I really want us to learn from Haggai's message. Consider your ways. Things to watch for. Type idea. You need to do a self-examination. God's will to get the attention of the people and the importance of the authentic worship. And so the purpose of this message simply is that people had stopped working. For 16 years, people, uh, these people allowed the house of God to lay unfinished while they stayed in their own homes. And Haggai was teaching them the importance of authentic worship. Matthew chapter 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In everything that we do, God must be this forefront. And he comes before your spouse, your kids, your job, your hobbies. And God has to be all times. He has to be number one in your life. If you have God first in your life, everything else really does kind of fall into place. I didn't say life was easy, but it does fall into place. Haggai's book uh, tells us that uh, this perfect example how people are really living even today, more concerned about their own household and less concerned about God's house. The congregation... Uh, buildings should really have the nicest and finest appearance that the congregation can afford. It needs to be the cleanest building on the block. The congregation building, really the church building, should receive respect. It's a place where people meet to worship and honor God. Now, the church can be any place. It could be in the park. It could be in your home. And I know in my area here, more and more church homes, people worshiping in the church um, setting is done in people's homes. And I've been invited to those several times, and I've gone to different ones. But, uh, but there's a position here that these people have. And in chapter 1, really... Uh, saying that the time really hasn't come. They're, they're trying to say, well, we really haven't fully recovered all of our losses and, and all the expenses to completely pay for this idea of rebuilding the temple. It's, it's just way too much. It's too difficult for us to handle. And so uh, they didn't say they would not build it, but what they're saying is really... 
Not yet. Let's just wait a little bit. And the words that hinder and, and, and the cause of Christ to, to teach the message, the gospel message, people always uh, trying to put it off. Well, today's really not a good day. I'm not in the mood to do any of that type of thing. I'll give my life to Jesus. I'll, I'll let uh, my life be governed and ruled, and I will worship him someday. I will become a dedicated member of the congregation, but just not today. I will, I will do something one day for God. I just don't know. I'll, I'll repent from my sins and turn away from them someday. So people are saying, oh, I didn't say no. I wasn't not going to do that. They're just saying not today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Today is the day of salvation. And the people in Jerusalem were saying, well, maybe one day I'll just get around to all this God stuff. But time part is not today. Proverbs 27, verse 1 do not boast of tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring forth. James 4 verse 14 says, you, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You've got to get yourself in order before God can use the rest of your family in order. And it's not too late to turn to God. We need to stop hesitating and we need to stop delaying because God is calling on all of us today to be saved, to worship Him, to get to work for Him and building whatever it is that we're supposed to be building, whether that's relationships, a building helping others, encouraging others. You have sown much, but the harvest is little. You know, we, we eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become uh, drunk. You know, uh, we earn all these wages, and we pursue uh, all these things that we need in life, and most of the time, it's not a need, it's a want. I don't need new boats, planes. Uh, I don't need new lots of things. Do I need a place to sleep, say, have a safe place to sleep? Yes. Do I need food on the table? Yes. Do I need a job? Of course. And God, let's not play games with God. He knows that we need these things. I mean, he's really kind of put it all in place and in order. You know, we all have bills. The kids need clothes for school. Um, and so the things go on and on. But we always don't have enough gas to get to church on Sunday morning, but we had enough gasoline to run all over town Friday and Saturday on dates and going out to eat and... The bottom line is, in everything that we do, God must come first. Finances, business, Christ must be 
supreme. I recall a man years ago, one of the first congregations I was in, he owned a business, and I tried to let him put, let's put some tracks out uh, for people who come in. And he said, no, not doing that. It's God first. It's God supreme. Remember in Luke chapter 12, verse 33, and really 34, Jesus, it says here, sell your possessions and give it to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will never wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where the thief comes near, but the maw does not destroy. You know, this idea, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. The place to begin, really, in, with this, Ezra, is in Haggai. When the temple was to be replaced, notice the first things that they worked on was the foundation. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 10, says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments with and trumpets, and the Levites with cymbals, they took their places to praise God the Lord and prescribed as prescribed by King David of Israel. The wise man sings in Luke 6.48. Okay, they're, they're like a man who builds a house, who dug down deep and laid down the foundation on rock. But when the flood came, the torrent struck, and that house could not be shaken because it was well built. Are we building our congregations and our church worship on the foundations of Christ? Or are we just laying it up on top of the ground for the evil one to knock down? We need to be thankful for God who's laid a solemn foundation and who, with the return of Christ, will see that we have built upon that foundation. That foundation, of course, is the Word of God, Christ Himself, the apostles, and what they wrote for us in the Scriptures. We need to thank people of the congregations and where we worship, that they were willing Years ago, perhaps, a generation or two ago in some cases, where they laid a foundation out, built a building, had the people in the neighborhood come and worship Christ. I mean, they used the Word of God. They did not change the meanings of the words. They did not accept every sinful lifestyle. It doesn't mean that they didn't love people. That doesn't mean they didn't teach them who God is. But they did it through the lens of the Bible. And they showed people, this is what God wants. And today is the day that we all need to be actively working to build the God of Israel, the God of the cross, up to people and say, hey, He's the one and the same, and nothing has changed. God cannot change. And he has a love and a desire for all of us in our life to build our foundation of our life on him. There's an old song that says, On Christ the solid rock I stand, and all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. 
We need the foundation that has to be built on Jesus and Him alone. If Christ is not that foundation, if He is not the center point of our life, everything that we try to do will fall. It's not going to stand up to the trials and temptations and the storms that life brings. Being a Christian is not easy. We, we try to teach this idea, I've heard it so many times over the radios and television, how easy and wonderful the life of Christ can be. And it can be wonderful. But I don't know about going to the cross. Was that easy? What about the apostles? Most of them were whipped, thrown in prison, martyred, killed, ran for their fear, their lies in some cases. Was that easy? So we, we have preachers on television who, who say all that stuff today that's happening to you or me, <clears throat> excuse me, means there's something wrong in our life. There's, there, it's called, there's things that go on in, in my life, in your life, and that's what it is. It is simply this, life. Things happen. Bad things happen to good people each and every day. It doesn't mean, like Job, that they were living a life of sin. doesn't mean anything because Job had his foundation built on God. He had it built on Christ. And look, in the end, he was blessed beyond measure. Life on earth is hard. It is difficult. And being a Christian is not a child's game. It is one who has to be serious, seeking out Christ, worshiping Him in spirit and in truth, and doing everything they can to get to know who Jesus really is. What are we building our life on? What are we building our church life on? What are we building our spiritual life on? I mean, I could try to word it in many different ways, but the end of the message is, where are we standing? Are we standing on Christ, that solid rock? Or are we going to say, well, not today. We can do that tomorrow. So many of us think that riding the fence is, is a safe place to be. We, we don't have to make a decision one way or the other. It's a safe zone. And that's not true. That's not true. The Bible says that's not true. Turn with me. I want to show this to you. Uh, the book of Revelation in my area all of a sudden is real popular again. It's the only book that people want to study. So turn with me to the book of Revelation. And this idea of riding the fence, I want you to keep that um, in, in your mind when I talk about this. And this is Jesus talking. Revelation Chapter 3, verse 16. Notice this. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. 
That's the NIV. The English Standard Version says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. The King James, So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So this doesn't matter what version you are using, or that you have to think it's the only right one to use. It says the same thing. You can't be hot or cold. You can't be riding on this fence and thinking, I will do that tomorrow. Oh, I need to repent. I will do that later. Oh, I need to help the church where I worship, but I can't afford it. Are you hot or are you cold? And you honestly, you may not be able to afford it. And that's okay. God knows that. But when you have resources and money to go out and play and entertain all the time, I'm not saying that it's so bad to go out to eat. I just personally think uh, that we need to be able to figure out how to support the word and the message of God to get out in our local neighborhoods and our communities and our towns and our state and in the nation and in the world. See the progression that I'm trying to get at here. I hope that you're on fire for the Lord. I pray that you're on a solid foundation. Many of our listeners are, are from places around the world that are not safe or easy to be a Christian, and yet they are willing to die. They are willing to go to prison. They are willing to lose their jobs for the sake of the gospel. Because they know that foundation that they are standing on means so much more. It's called eternal life with the King of glory. I want to thank you for listening. I certainly hope and pray that you would study the Old Testament. It's so deep and it's just so rich with the examples on how we are to live our life. It is full of education for us today. I understand we are a New Testament church, that we live under the New Testament. The New Testament is a completion to make the God, Word of God whole and complete. Somebody I was visiting with here just oh, a couple months ago, we were talking about this very subject and how the church really has overlooked the Old Testament. And I agree. We have. It, it is just full of life examples on how we are to live our life, how people who pushed and strived and encouraged others to stand on that solid foundation, to rebuild the temple, to be faithful to God, who delivered a message that was not always popular, but it was from God. And they were thrown in jail. I don't want any of us to be sent away in captivity. I think the idea of Babylon and the book of Jeremiah coming... I, is, is just a shadow of you and I. Are we going to be held in captivity in hell for all eternity? Or are we going to have the freedom because we surrendered to the King of glory? The choices are. It's a free choice. I wish to thank everyone who, who listens and who does pray for this podcast and for me personally. 
uh, who are trying to help keep this uh, podcast financially, keep things floating. I really, truly thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of those who have helped and many times have struggled to get this and keep this going. Please pray for this uh, ministry. Truly need it. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless you. May He have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.